Church's message of the week. We hope you enjoy this teaching by Pastor Chris Donald. For more information about who we are, please visit us at thepromisechurch.com. All right. It's good to be home online. I love you. Sarah, Dave, all my family that's watching online, love you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord, as the Bishop T.D. Jakes would say it. Um, I've never prayed this prayer here quite like this, but I'm going to pray it right now. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I take authority over every demonic lie and every religious spirit that would hold these people back from fulfilling the very thing that you've called them to. Every lie that would say they're gifted, I'm not. Every lie that would say they have the gift of faith, I don't. Every lie that would say that's for the pastor, that's not for me. Every religious demonic strategy to disempower God's children in this room, I take authority over it. Every religious spirit, it's got to go in Jesus' name. Every religious spirit of every person watching online, it's got to go right now in Jesus' name. And just remember as I share this morning, that if it agitates you, it's got to go. The very thing that agitates you is the very thing that sanctifies you. You want to know where the devil is? He's under my feet. The devil's not on your back. The devil's not popping your car tire. He's under your feet. If you're in Jesus, if you're in Christ Jesus, that devil is under your feet. We're not... The gospel is not a self-improvement plan. The gospel is not get a little bit better each day. The gospel is death to life, resurrection power, full of the Holy Spirit, taking up your cross daily and following Jesus. The bar of Christianity has become so low, it's woe is me, help me, I'm a victim. That is not the spirit-filled life. You guys ready? So we're in week three of an evangelism series, and the guys have been so kind to give me the best part of the series, the baptism in the Holy Spirit and fire. I know you're not excited yet, but you will be in a moment, because every time we preach it, he comes, and no religious spirit will stop it, because I just don't really care anymore. Religion kept me quiet for 18 years. And it made me pretend like I was okay, but on the inside, I was a den of vipers. Lost, broken, deceived, the blind leading the blind. And then I got set free. You see, religion hates freedom. Religion hates freedom. And in a moment, I'll begin to talk about freedom and what Jesus has paid for, and religion hates it. Religion goes, you know what? That's not possible. What your experience cannot, it couldn't be possible. Like, there's no way. Religion teaches and trains you that you're going to deal with sin for the rest of your life. Religion will say to you, it'll say, you know, you're going to be free someday when you die and go to heaven. So then death becomes your savior and death becomes your deliverer. And what about Jesus? So we're going to go at this thing today. And I hope to agitate every religious thought in this room and online. Only to provoke you to a place where you would actually believe. To provoke you, to inspire you, to rise up 
above the snake line of fear to destroy hell. You were created and designed and filled by God to destroy hell daily. Not to be messed with by the devil. You want to know where the devil's at? Right under those. All day, every day, every moment, every second. Right underneath those feet. Well, don't say that. Don't you know, brother, that pride comes before a fall? Well, it's pride before destruction and the Holy Spirit before a fall. So get your Bible right first. And pride is what sits in the seat and says it's impossible to live free. Pride is what sits in the seat and judges a young man who's free and experiencing the very promises that the Bible says you can have. That's religion. Religion sits there and goes, I just don't know if that could possibly be true. When I'm going to read every scripture that would dismantle every religious lie, they would say, you're not called to destroy hell daily. See, evangelism can only happen if you're filled with the Holy Spirit and fire. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is not unto a good church meeting. It's unto the evangel, like to go and evangelize the world and the nations. It wasn't like, hey, the Holy Spirit came in that church meeting and then you just go to Burgerville and don't talk to anybody. See, the evidence of being baptized in the Holy Spirit is not speaking in tongues. It's, did you share your faith today? Let's come after that thing. Okay, you guys ready? Okay, if you're not, I'm still going to go there anyway because Pastor Jonathan and Casey and Aaron said I could. So we were at, um, we have a new believers group. Okay, and we're at this new believers group and there's this lady there and we're doing water baptisms and she goes, I, I want to be water baptized. And how old was Paula? Early 60s. And we said, you can be water baptized. And she goes, she's standing there and she gets saved in front of the baptism tank. She says this. She goes, I'm tired of the evil in me. I'm tired of the anger in me. I want Jesus. I want an exchange. So we put her in the water. But before she gets in the water, and these guys are witnesses to this. We asked her the question, do you want to receive the Holy Spirit in fire? And she goes, yes. So she gets in the water, just saved moments before that. She gets in the water. We put her under the water. She comes back up. She's standing there and she begins to manifest the devil. You ever seen that before? I see it every day. The, the, this is what the Bible says. The Bible says, if you believe, you'll cast out demons, speak in new tongues. And then it says, pick up serpents. That doesn't mean that we handle snakes. A serpent is a devil. To take up actually means to cast away, to push off. Right now, I'm casting away snakes, which are lies. So you cast out devils, you speak in new tongues, and you cast away demonic thinking. That's what the first three things on the list are. It's not, it's not a go and counsel the world. It's not go and tell the world to go to the doctor and get a prescription to just help their problem that will never heal it. I'm not against doctors. I love doctors. I go to the doctor. I'm friends with doctors, lots of them. And if I'm sick, I'm going to go to a doctor and have them heal me. But my first choice is my healer. Okay, we're, we're going to go at this thing today. So she comes out of the water, begins to manifest the demon. We tell it to leave and it leaves. And she's standing there and she begins to tremble under the power of God and go, just shaking. And I'm like, amen, more God, 
more. Saved, healed, water baptized, filled in the Holy Spirit in about 10 minutes. Let me tell you how the church does it today. Okay, um, I don't want to offend you, but you need to give your life to Jesus. But we're going to walk you around the cross because the cross is going to tell you to change. So let's walk around this, okay? Because the cross demands change and I don't want to offend you. So why don't you just take your whole old life into a new life and then be frustrated for the rest of your life. So here, come on, come over here. Okay, and then about five months later, we're gonna have a baptism service. It's gonna be awesome. We're gonna videotape it. We're gonna put it on social media. The service is actually more for us than it is for you. So we're not gonna actually give you the, um, we're not gonna actually give you a baptism when you should really get it. We're gonna give it to you when it's convenient for us. Here we go, we're swinging at religion, man. And then, because we're comfortable with salvation and we're comfortable with water baptism, but we're actually ashamed of the Holy Spirit. So what happens is, is 20 years later, and some of you in this room can relate because, well, you're not ashamed of the Holy Spirit if, if you're in this room, obviously. I know, I love, this is my church, right? Our church. And so, so 20 years later, you find yourself on YouTube and you stumble across Todd White or Spill Johnson or Bethel Church. And you feel like a sinner because you're hearing about the Holy Spirit for the first time. So you become a closet charismatic. And then you're reading books about the Holy Spirit and you get filled with the Holy Spirit 20 years later. And then you get delivered the day you die. There is the, the Christian Western religion. It kind of sounds a lot like the people of Israel. Egypt, they were saved by the blood over the doorposts. Can I get an amen? amen? They went through the Red Sea, which is a picture of water baptism. And then they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Woe is me, complaining, doing nothing to change the world. Until two people survived everybody else dying so they could cross the Jordan River and go into the promised land, which is a picture of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I would say that probably 70% of the American church lives in the wilderness. They've never crossed the Jordan River and they've never experienced the actual power of resurrection power in their life. So they live under the dominion of the enemy. The journey was supposed to take 11 days. So why don't people get saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, delivered, and speak in tongues in 11 days? Come on, we're, we're going to swing at religion today. You guys okay? It's going to get more intense. But I'm smiling. Chelsea, I know you're watching this right now. I smiled one time. And I'm smiling on the inside, honey, I promise. Okay. So right after she gets delivered and right after she gets filled with the Holy Spirit, right, Adam, a meteorite goes across the sky, across the whole sky, and we stood there as the power of God fell outside of a coffee shop on a Thursday night. Then her two grandchildren got saved, filled with, filled with the Holy Spirit, and then her daughter got saved. And then about three weeks later, about a month later, Paula died. See, guys, she didn't have 20 years. She had one day. 
Come on, somebody. Okay, here's another story for you. We were sharing on the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We do it every week, twice a week. Well, actually every day. Because when we meet people and we find out they're Christians, we say, have you ever heard of the Holy Spirit? Do you want it right now? Put your hands out. Receive it. And they begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. Everywhere we go, airports, restaurants. This is the, this is the gospel of the kingdom. This is what we're called to walk in. The reason why Christians live in compromise is because they don't live on mission. I don't got time to sin, buddy. Pornography or tread on the devil and destroy hell and see the kingdom come. I think I'll take pornography, brother. He's coming today. The Bible says in Acts 2, verse 32, this Jesus God raised up and that we are all witnesses being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. So when the kingdom comes, it's seen and it's heard. When the kingdom comes, it's seen and it's heard. It's not kumbaya. It's not good word, brother. When the kingdom comes, it's seen and it's heard. The context of this scripture is Peter standing up, raising his voice and saying, hey, listen, they're not drunk as you suppose. It's nine o'clock in the morning. What you're seeing and what you're hearing is the kingdom of God coming. The problem is the church isn't showing the world anything to be seen or heard because we're locked in a prison of fear. We go to the airport, we walk through TSA, we're like, don't tell them we're a Christian. We, 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 we just tiptoe around because we don't want to offend somebody. I'll offend everybody. Because I would rather you be offended at me now than stand before Jesus and be offended at me then. Like you're telling me that that Chris Donald guy was in TSA and he could have saved me from this man, but you didn't tell me because he was scared? Come on, wake up, church. Are we playing church or are we going to bring the kingdom that's seen and that's heard and that's demonstrated? It's seen and it's heard. Is the kingdom that you possess seen and heard daily? Or is it hidden away under a basket? We're not basket-headed Christians. That's not who we are. That's not what we're called to do. And I know that people are in different places and they're overcoming fear, but we don't overcome fear. We destroy it. Fear is a lie. It's a prison. And the only way that fear is taken out is through the Holy Spirit. So today, people are actually going to get delivered of fear. You can't disciple a demonic spirit. And you can't cast out the flesh. So we need discipleship and deliverance. But today, people are going to get set free from fear. Religion brings fear. And then you're just going to change the world. So we're outside the coffee shop, and I share the baptism of the Holy Spirit in five minutes. And, and I'll do it here in a minute. And then, and then I'm like, I'm not done yet. I need to share again. And so I share again with the same group of people, the same exact thing. And I stopped, and I go, I'm sorry, guys, but... Uh, you can leave if you want to, but the Lord told me that there's a person here that's only going to be here for one night that doesn't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
You're a cessationalist, and God's going to fill you tonight because I'm going to share it again. So I shared it again, the same thing. It'd be like me standing up here and repeating the same thing three times for one person. And this guy walks forward. He goes, it's me. Um, I'm not supposed to be here, but somebody convinced me to come. I'm here for one day. The third time you shared it, I actually believed it. I'm getting ready to go to cemetery school. I mean, seminary school. Did you hear that? We've got a lot of people that go to cemetery school. They come out dead and then they leave. They lead dead people the rest of their lives. And they pet their devils and they say to them, it's okay, brother, you'll be free in heaven. Jesus didn't die on that cross for you just to be free in heaven. He died on that cross for you to be free right now to destroy hell daily. It's okay, brother. It's all right. You got a few years to get over it. Why don't we get over it right now? I know I'm speaking pretty strong today. I'm coming at this thing. Because I know that in this room and on this camera right now are people that don't believe that they can actually walk in freedom. So I will aggravate that religious spirit to provoke you to a place to believe. Okay, this isn't pride. This is Godfidence. Right, they weren't with us at TSA. We'll tell them in a minute. So with the third time, he steps forward, and I believe it was Adam goes, do you want the Holy Spirit? He goes, I, I mean, I guess so. I don't really believe. And Adam lays his hands on him. The power of God hits him and he falls on his knees. Praying in the Spirit. Okay, now I know there's online and then in this room you're like, well, he keeps praying in the Spirit from the, from the stage. That's not biblical. Let me translate right now for you. There's four different kinds of tongues. Okay, there's the prayer language where we pray. There is the groanings of the Holy Spirit in intercession. There's the gift of tongue and interpretation. That, that's, the, that's one of the nine manifestation gifts. And then there's the sign to the unbeliever that happened in the book of Acts. All of them happen. So there's four different kinds of tongues that happen. He stands up and he goes, this has changed everything. One night, of a guy being really bold that didn't bow its knee to awkwardness and religion and a 19-year-old kid about to go to seminary, his life gets completely altered. Okay? So we're in TSA and what we've been finding is is that everywhere we go, devils are manifesting. I couldn't make this up if I wanted to, but I think it is is that we walk into a place and light is coming out of us so much that they can't handle it. So we walk into TSA, and, and, and I'm in this line, and there's, there's a TSA guy about where Jason is, and right there on the corner, and I'm just kind of minding my own business, and Alonzo's over there, and this guy goes, I kind of looked over, because he was talking to his line, and looked back, and he goes, I'm not talking to you, man. And it was loud, and there was a lot of people there, and I said, I know about this loud. But I just need to tell you something. Jesus loves you. And the TSA lady behind me goes, amen. And I realized, guys, are you guys ready? It's about time to go. So I said, okay, well, if he's in that line, I'm going to go to where the devil is. 
You can't slime what God's blessed. You can throw me in the deepest hole with 5,000 witches and I'd come out and they'd all be saved. One person in Christ is majority. Every knee will bow. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So I'm coming over to this line because I thought, man, I want to be where the fight is. So I I said, hey, man, I'm going to come over there. We'll talk. The whole TSA place is like, what is happening? Guy steps up behind Adam and goes, so you believe that Jesus is God? It's like, oh, man, these things are popping off everywhere. Adam turns around, mask up. You better believe I do. TSA lady goes, amen. So I'm, I'm in the other line now, and he's going off at Adam. This is just a couple days ago, by the way. A Christian should have a testimony about every hour. Okay. So I'm standing over here, and he's yelling, and I said, Adam. He's, he's like, I said, don't stop, man. TSA's backing you. Because she kept saying amen. Well, that was happening. The devil and this guy couldn't stay there. When have you ever seen a TSA guy walk away from a fight? Never. This guy ran away. He runs out. I go, where are you going, buddy? I want to tell you about Jesus. And then I yell across the whole place. Everybody's listening. Hey, man, I know that that guy doesn't believe in Jesus as God. Is he a Mormon? Is he a Jehovah Witness? Like, does he believe those lies? I just don't care, guys. Okay, I want to make this biblical for you. The apostles go into the town square. They preach Jesus loud enough to be put in prison. Come on, church, we got to rise up. And then they're in prison and they get out of prison. They go, I got a good idea. Let's go back. (laughs) Jesus is king. It wasn't quiet. See what? Guys, the world is so loud right now. Cussing, swearing, all the political stuff going on, everything. The world is screaming. And this is the church. Jesus loves you. I refuse to bow my knee to Jezebel. I refuse. I refuse to bow my knee to Baal. I refuse to bow my knee to this world system. Refuse. You'll probably see me in prison someday. You'd be like, he just couldn't keep his mouth shut. You're absolutely right. Come on, I'm just provoking you. Some of you are like, if I was there, I'd want to run away. Well, let's get the fear out of you. When you feel fear, it's an invitation to destroy hell. Because God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Fear is a demonic enemy trying to hold you back from your destiny. It's not just an evangelism. Let's just talk about giving. There's people in this room that are scared to tithe. We won't go there, but the devil's eating your lunch if you're not tithing. Aaron will explain all of it. It's true. It's in the Bible. Just for a minute, just think about this. How much does fear stop you? Even Peter, we're leading to the baptism of the Holy Spirit here. Here's Peter. I will stand with you no matter what, Jesus. 
And then a few moments later, he's running from a little girl at a campfire, denying Jesus. We cannot, in our own strength, beat fear. It's a demonic strategy. The only way we beat fear is with his supernatural life in us. So let me explain this real quick. When you're born again, the spirit of God is in you for you. But the spirit of God needs to come on you for others. Okay? You don't have to speak in tongues. You don't have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to be saved. You're just as much a Christian as I am. And there's people that don't speak in tongues that are way more advanced in God than I am. You guys hear what I say? It's not like that's the end all be all of the Christian life. There's people that speak in tongues and live in sin. Okay, so hear what I'm saying. Okay, but if God has a gift for you, don't, don't you think you want it? So we get through TSA and everybody's just like, who are these guys? Who are these uneducated men that have been with Jesus? So we get through and Adam goes right back up to that man. He was a Muslim and he just begins to share the gospel. And they're going at him. I step up and I'm sharing the gospel. And he hands Adam his phone and says, I need to meet with you guys again. There's something in your eyes that I've never seen in anybody else's eyes. Because the eyes are the lamp of the body. What's in you comes through them. What do people see when they look in your eyes? What are they reflecting? People are going to get set free today from fear that restricts you and holds you back from stepping in the very thing that you're called to do. It's a demonic strategy. There is more religion hates freedom. My only political statement for the day from the dairy farmer from down the road is this. Do not let the political spirit make you its evangelist. Do not allow the political spirit to make you its evangelist. Let me say it this way. If you're talking more about political parties than Jesus, repent. If you go to your Facebook page right now or your Instagram page and there's more posts about I don't even care who, political parties, then Jesus, repent. I don't mind if you post about it. Like I'll post vote. I might even tell you who I'm going to vote for. But if your life is consumed by telling people about politics and not Jesus, you're working for the wrong kingdom. I didn't say don't do it. I said just take an inventory of your life. If you're spending more time watching the news than reading your Bible, take an inventory of your life. If you're taking more time talking to people about who they should vote for and not telling them about the only person that can save their soul, repent. Do not get deceived in this time. Jesus is king. He's king. He's absolute king. In the Bible, there are three baptisms. And next service, I'm going to preach it longer. Um, and we're going we're gonna to pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire today, right now, and then we'll pray for it in the next service. So you might just want to stay for both because we're going to go for it next service. But we want to make sure that we take care of the kids in kids' ministry and that we get the next service in. So I'm a little bit more restricted on time, but I want to go through these very quickly. 
The first one is salvation. The Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. The Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. That's salvation. That's all you need to go to heaven. That's all you need to get heaven into you is salvation. In uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, it says, For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. This is salvation. Jesus is salvation. And he, he, Hebrews 10, 16 says, I'll put my law, my spirit, my nature in their heart and in their mind. That's salvation, number one. Number two is water baptism. Water baptism is in Matthew 28, verse 19. It says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Water baptism is the Red Sea crossing. It's deliverance. I see more people get delivered of demonic bondage in the water than any other time. It's you go down an old man, you come up brand new. There's power in the water. There's power in that water. It's not just something you do on a Sunday to get a couple pictures. We don't do that here like that. It's not, I'm not talking about this place. I'm talking about there's two water baptisms a year and it's just an event to get people wet. I'm telling you though, when, when, a, when a water baptism ha- happens and it's true, think about it. The Egyptian army is following them. They've already been blood bought. Salvation has happened. They come through the Red Sea. As they're walking through the Red Sea, the water comes and completely destroys the army of Pharaoh. It's deliverance. It's deliverance. So there's water baptism. That is when a disciple baptizes another disciple in water. Number three is is, uh, Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. It's not baptism of, it's baptism in the Holy Spirit, and fire. In Matthew 3, verse 11, it says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He being Jesus. So Jesus comes to John the Baptist and he says, baptize me. And John says, no, baptize me. I've been prophesying about you being the greatest baptizer. Now, just just so you know, Jesus is God. That's his name. And Holy Spirit has a name. It's not side dish. It's It's not Father, Son, and Holy Bible. I'm gonna say it again. It's not Father, Son, Holy Bible. It's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And of course we read the Bible. It's the only inspired word of God infallible that's my bible i read it all the time okay so we we need to understand that john in that moment said no because he wanted the very baptism that jesus was going to release on the earth but john the baptist lost his head before he could receive the holy spirit you want to know who cut his head off You guys know? It was the Jezebel spirit that was manifesting through the king's wife. She could have up to, what was it, a half of the kingdom? 
And she could have just asked for the half that he was in and kill him, but she was so possessed to kill the prophet that she said, I'll just take his head. And that spirit is running rampant in the United States, robbing people of what God wants for them. Okay, so you see this whole conversation happening and then Jesus comes out of the water and the heavens open and the Holy Spirit comes on Jesus, right? And we see that if if Jesus needed to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, then we probably need to as well. So I'm gonna skip down here. I wanna read a couple more scriptures and then we're gonna pray. Did Jesus need all three? Did Jesus need all three? He didn't have to be born again because he was born right. Right? The only begotten, the only unique son of God. Number two, John the Baptist water baptized him. So yes, he was water baptized and he was baptized in the Holy Spirit and came out of the water, was led into the wilderness, came out in the Holy Spirit and power. So as Ben was saying, the very things that afflict you are the very things that empower you. It's all about perspective. He was led into the wilderness. Okay, there's a bunch of different places where all three are, but I wanna read these two and then we're gonna pray. 1 John 5, 7 through 8. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness on the earth, spirit, water, and blood. And these three agree as one. Spirit is baptism in the Holy Spirit. Water is water baptism and blood is salvation. It's all three. They're all three in scripture. You even see, we don't have time to get into it, but you see the apostles go into an area and they say, have you heard of the Holy Spirit? And they go, we've never even heard of the Holy Spirit. We've only been baptized in the baptism of John. And as they were speaking of the Holy Spirit, they were disciples that were water baptized. So they were saved and they were water baptized. And as they were speaking of the very thing of the Holy Spirit, they were filled with the Holy Spirit in that moment. Here's another one for you. I love this one. 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 2. More over brethren. I do not want you to be unaware that all of our fathers were under the cloud. All passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. The cloud is the spirit, the sea is the water, and Moses represents Jesus. All three in one. I'll end with this and then we're going to pray. In the, in the tent of meeting, there was a way to get into the most holy place. Okay? And you guys, you guys will understand this as I begin to talk about it. They come and they would sacrifice, right? So they do a sacrifice and that sacrifice is a picture of salvation, but it was bloody, right? There's only forgiveness where there's blood. The blood of bulls and goats could not cleanse the inside of you, but the blood of Jesus Christ can. I believe in Jesus because he cleansed me. I believe in Jesus and preach him so boldly because I've been changed, transformed, and sin no longer has me. Did you guys catch that? It says the righteous are as bold as a lion, but the wicked flee when nobody pursues them. I'm bold because I'm right with God. So if you're not bold, we need to get you right with God. So you become like a 
roaring lion everywhere you go. Not everywhere. I mean, it doesn't, you could share your faith once a month and I would be like, this is amazing. It doesn't need to be every day. It doesn't need to be every week. How about every other week? Share Jesus twice a month. Come on, somebody. Like, I understand that you're not going to be like me and you're not going to share your faith with every individual that's in front of you. That's not the point. The point is, is that you simply just share your faith. But you will not be able to share your faith with anybody, including your family or your neighbor that you've known for 20 years without the baptism in the Holy Spirit and fire. The baptism in fire took cowards that ran and turned them into preachers that stood. Peter ran, and then when he received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, 10 days after, they went and sat in the upper room. 10 days after, he stands up, then this same Peter that denied Jesus said, I'm not worthy to be crucified as my Lord, and they crucified him upside down. That's some crazy boldness. This is the normal Christian life. In the early church, if I said, that's Pastor Aaron right there, he is on fire. He is pursuing God. He doesn't hold back. This guy worships. He shares his faith. He prays for the sick and they're healed. He casts out devils. Like if I was talking to him in the early church, I'd say the same about every single person in the building. If I am an evangelist, the gift of the evangelist is to equip you to do the work of the evangelist. But we have spectator Christianity. We have a Christianity that says, I'm going to go clap on Sunday and live like hell on Monday. We've got a Christianity that says, I'm going to go get excited and jump up and down and shout Jesus. And then I'm going to go on a porn site. Come on. That's not what he died for. Jesus was fully crucified, not so you could be half free. He was fully crucified so you could be 100% free. But religion that's speaking and whispering in your ear, even right now saying, it's not true. It's telling you that your 25 years of experience is greater than what the Bible says. My Bible says that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. My Bible says that it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. My Bible says to live is to live as Christ and to die as gain. My Bible says that the devil's under my feet. My Bible says that I'm to be a light unto the world. My Bible says that I'm to be a witness. Do you understand that if you don't think you're witnessing, you're witnessing? Do you understand that when you keep your mouth closed, you're witnessing lukewarm Christianity and you're letting people pass right into hell? Your life is a witness. Your compromise is a witness. Your lack of passion is a witness. Your lack of consistency witnesses the wrong kingdom. I know I'm, I'm really passionate. I'm really intense, but there's, there's actually, it's more intense in there. It's like, it's even worse than you know. I've lost my mind and I've quit, it. I've quit apologizing about it. I used to get off the stage and go, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. That was just terrible. In case you would say, quit saying you're sorry for like five years. 
Then I hit a place where you're like, you know what? I'm done being sorry for burning for Jesus. I'm done being sorry for telling people to get it together and to change the world. I'm just done being sorry. The only reason why I apologize is because religion sits in the seat and says, "Mm -mm, nope, not possible. Totally possible. Been doing it for about 15 years. It's amazing. I was in my parents' house last night, and they were like, yeah, we told them it was going to end, but obviously it hasn't. Come on. Will you guys stand with me? So you have, we're going to pray for people. If you don't pray in the Holy Spirit, you're going to pray in the Holy Spirit today. Done. It's done. It's a promise. So you have, you have sin, which is covered in that, at the altar. And then you would come to a place where there's a basin of water. That's water baptism. Right? And they would cleanse themselves. I see the mamas going, amen. That's our boy up there. Tell them as it is. So there's water that you would wash. But then there's another station. Oil. Sacrifice. Water. Oil. This is what we do. I'm okay with salvation. I'm okay with water. But I don't understand that. So I'm just going to go over here. And I'm going to judge that. And I'm going to be critical about that. I'm going to go home and complain about that. That is the very thing that will put you above the snake line. That's the very thing that takes you out of the wilderness, that changes your perspective. If you're in this room right now and you've never received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, come forward right now. Every eye open, every head raised. Let's confront that fear right now. Just come right up. You're going to receive it. The moment you ask for it, come on right on up. If it's just for you, it's worth it. Who else? I love you, man. You're amazing. He's going to come right on you. You're amazing. Bring the baby up too. Who else? Okay. Who else? Do you need to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Give me a high five. You're amazing. Anybody else? Come on. Don't let fear hold you back. Don't let fear stop you. This is the Bible. I'm going to explain it way better next service. So just go listen to that one and you'll really get the explanation. But I found that with the Bible, it happens and then it's explained. Amen. Are you ready for it? It's going to come the moment you ask. Now, this is what you have to understand. People keep coming. Just keep coming. So what you got to understand about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. When you said yes to Jesus and were saved, did anybody question that? No, you're saved. It's a gift right? So the moment you ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit, you receive it immediately. It's not work-based. You receive the gift. God's a good father. He just hands it to you. And then we wait. They waited 10 days. You're going to wait about 10 seconds. And we're going to wait for just a couple seconds. And then they're going to begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. It's going to come right out of them immediately. It's going to come out of them. All right? Now, if you're here and you pray in the Holy Spirit, in a moment, when, when, when we begin to pray, I want you guys to stretch your hands out and begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. And God's going to move up here, and all of these people instantaneously are going to burst out in tongues. It's, a, it's the gift of God. Okay? It's the gift of God. All three are wrapped up in this one scripture, and then we're going to pray. I just want, I feel like to read this one scripture to you, and then we're going to pray. Oh, there's, okay. So all three are found right here. 
And Peter said to them, repent. You guys have all repented. And let every one of you be baptized, water baptism, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of your sins. And then you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So when you put your hands out, just put your hands out in front of me. If I could have a prayer team come around, have somebody lay hands on each one of these people. You guys are amazing. I'm, I'm nicer than I just was right here. We'll go to lunch sometime. We're just coming at that thing. Even right now online, if you're online, put your hands out and pray this prayer. Now, I want all of you guys to pray this with me. Do you already pray in tongues? Oh, you've been praying for him. Today's his day. It's awesome. All right. So what we're going to do is I want you guys to pray this with me. And the moment you pray it, it's done. And then you're going to unwrap that gift of tongues. Okay, ready? Say this. Say, Jesus. Okay, let's try that again. Say, Jesus. Baptize me in the Holy Spirit and fire. Now just close your eyes and receive right now. Holy Spirit, come right now. Fill them up. It's going to flow right out of your heart. Your heart's beating, man. It's going to flow right out. Just let it out. Let it out. If you're out there, just begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. Have you ever prayed in tongues before? You got it. She just got it right now. Just started praying in the Spirit. Keep praying in tongues. Just keep praying. She got it just like that. Anybody else get it? Fill him up, God, right now in Jesus' name. Touch his life right now. Baptize him in the Holy Spirit. Baptize him in the Holy Spirit. Father, right now in Jesus' name, every spirit, loose him right now in Jesus' name. Every religious spirit, get out right now. Father, we pray right now in Jesus' name for a fresh baptism in the Holy Spirit and fire. Fill them up right now. Fill them up right now. All right, look me in the eyes. Are you ready to receive it? Yes. All right. Yes. Say this. Say fear. fear. Get out of my life. Get out of my life. Okay, now put your hands out. Say Jesus. Jesus. Give me the Holy Spirit. Now just receive it. It's going to come right out of your heart. Okay, don't speak in English anymore. It's going to come right out of your heart.